This is Jonathan Landreth, along with my co-host John Anderson, with Cardboard Crack, presented by IdeologyOfMadness.com. How's everyone doing this week? By everyone, I mean you. I'm doing all right. Uh, I actually have had a lot of success uh, in recent drafts. Excellent. Did you have another birthday also? No. Oh. No sense in trying to spoil that, then. So, <laughs> how good in drafts have you been doing? Uh, well, un- undefeated. Nice. In, uh, in besieged drafts thus far. Um, and uh, at the shop that I've been playing at, we actually play for picks. Okay. Uh, meaning uh, we don't, uh, you know, the draft only costs 12 bucks. Uh, basically the price of three packs. Uh, and then at the end, everyone pulls the rares that were pulled together. And from first place to eighth place, you know, you pick. You pick. So everyone leaves with the same amount of rares, unless there's a foil pulled, in which phase first place will get an extra rare. Not bad. Has there been any issues with people not wanting to put their rares back? No. If there is, I'm assuming you just tell them to get the hell out and not bother coming back to the store. Well, every, everyone knows the score. Like, it's explained to you before you... It's not, like, thrown onto you at the end or something. Right. That's uh, good. I mean, that way you have less, you know, rare drafters. Well, yeah, it does It does promote, like, not rare drafting. Uh, for instance, uh, this last week, I, uh, I drafted a black-green Infect deck. Uh, and it was pretty good, considering I was the only Infect drafter at the table. Nice, that rarely happens. It rarely happens, but it felt pretty fucking good. Uh, and I knew it happened. Uh, I My first pack, I opened up a White Sun Zenith and took it. And I was like, all right, I guess I'm, I'm going to sort of try to go with a white something else, maybe more control-style deck, you know, to play off the token making. Did everyone else also open White Sun Zenith? Well, uh, no... I don't know what everyone else opened up. What I do know is that the uh, I got past a Phyrexian Vat Mother. Oh, nice. And so I was like, I guess Infect is open. <laughs> Fuck the White Sun, Zenith. Yeah, that'll We're do We're going Infect. Uh, so I, I went Infect, and uh, in my second pack, which is the first pack of Scars... I actually opened up a cough. Oh, very nice. Uh, and so I passed it. Right, because focus on winning, not having awesome cards. Right, and at the end of that draft, when I was first place, guess what I walked away with? Hopefully a cough. Definitely a cough. Uh, so I've uh, I've taken first place, gone undefeated in the last two drafts, so the last two weeks I've competed. Very nice. Uh, and I've walked away with a Tezzeret and a Koth, uh, those oh. two drafts. So I've played – I mean if you break it down – I mean I also got other rares besides that. Right. Um, but if you break it down, uh, I paid $24 for a Koth and a Tezzeret, which is a steal. Yeah. So uh, your shop, definitely doing it right. Props out to those guys. Yeah, I mean, I can understand the whole play for packs thing, but I drafted another shop that plays for packs, and while I constantly win out of my draft pool, there's many draft pools where I'll end up with no rares. Uh, no good. 
but I mean, I but I always play to win. So I mean, right. I may end up with packs, but if those packs don't have anything decent in them, it's like, well, I should have taken such and such that I saw go around whatever dual land or whatever. Right. Um. So, but uh, yeah. So limited. I'm still fucking the king. Well, it's good to know that. Um, yeah. Well, I'm glad you're doing well. I've I've yet to have a chance to draft uh, sealed at my local shop. It's hard around here. It seems to get a, le- a minimum of eight people to draft. Oh, I mean, we've drafted without eight. Yeah, our, our shop likes to have a have a full full pod. Well, you need to ask your shop if they like to make money because having say six or seven people draft if they can't get eight is better than having no people draft for them well that is true oh. so. uh the the shops around here sometimes yeah we we have trouble making a full table but if people want to draft we'll just draft and it won't be dci sanctioned but it's still a draft true but anyway how have you been doing i've been doing very well um i've been uh, deck building and doing a little bit of standard with the new cards. Um, haven't been out to an FNM yet. The schedule's been a little too hectic. Uh, I've been I built two commander decks also. Commander. Wait. Commander. Yes. That is that the current? Is that the current PTQ season or? <laughs> oh, I wish. No, Commander, uh, formerly known as EDH, is the um, major multiplayer format that wizard actually pseudo sanctioned last month two months ago well it's not saying they're just they recognize it right which it's close as, enough to being sanctioned yeah. seeing it's now recognized in the future they can have commander you know tournaments they won't they won't which is good but they could have i don't know side events something i mean it'd be like them having like a plane chase <laughs> true is it tournament so when with the um, announcement of from the Vault Legends, that definitely shows that they are at least sort of playing to the uh, commander crowd. I, I can't say that I haven't thought about building a commander deck, but as I have no casual play group right now, and the only thing I play in is tournaments, um, it just wouldn't be worth it for me. Well, that's the plus side to uh, my local shop. Before every event, there's Always at least one table of uh, Commander going on. So the Commander is definitely alive and kicking up here. You show up to tournaments early enough to play Magic beforehand? Uh, sometimes, it depends on the tournament. I but, try to schedule my arrival to right when the tournament's about to begin, that way I don't have to wait. No, I, I like rubbing elbows with the uh, people around here and you know, catching up with them. Uh, the only thing I would rub would involve uh, some sort of docking, I'm sure. <laughs> I uh, avoid that. Yes, even before F&M, they're, they're sitting there playing uh, Commander. So. Hmm. Well, speaking of uh, deck building, uh, we got an email. Yes, we did. Uh, from Asshole Dan. Who, uh, if any of you listened to Kicked in the Dice Bags back in back when it was good, um, <laughs> I'm sure it's I didn't good. say that. 
Is it still good, John? I haven't listened um, to it. I don't know. I haven't listened to it recently. Oh, you liar. <laughs> You're a fanboy. You listen to it every week. I do not listen to it every week. Okay. So there are, um, from what I've heard, other people seem to still, still really really like it. Um, and they have a whole new crew of guys on there with Chris. So uh, I listened to a couple episodes, but it's uh, it's not the same thing I was listening to prior. So it's more of a just solid gaming podcast. So congratulations to them. That doesn't sound good at all. Oh, it just, it's it's completely different than what you brought to the table. Which it's again, that doesn't sound good at all. <laughs> it's good for shows to mature because if they didn't, our show would still suck. Uh, I guess because our first few episodes were not that good. Yeah, they weren't. But you know, you got to figure out where you're going. Oh, exactly. And I, I would say that Kicked in the Dice Bags figured out where it was going. It just went a different direction now. It... <laughs> anyway, moving on. Anyway. So. <laughs> John, John's completely reluctant to uh, comment on that. So, uh, anyway, anyone who listened to that show back when it was good uh, heard stories of uh, Asshole Dan, who was part of the Asshole Group of D&D players uh, back in Tampa when I played. Um, and he also plays Magic and uh, knew we do this show. Uh, so he sent uh, an email talking about uh, this guy at uh, a local shop where he plays uh, was looking for help for a uh, white-black night deck. Uh and uh, he thought we could do it for the show. Which was a great idea. And he Yes, it was a very great idea. And if anyone else wants us to do something like this, feel free <laughs> to send an email our way because we will do it. And it's not guaranteed to be super good, but you know what? It might be better than what you send us. Right. Now, it might not. But neither here nor there. So well, we they don't even have to send us a deck list. They could just have a concept, and we. Oh, true. You could just have a concept, and then we'll do our best to fit it within the format you request. Which, uh, before we got on tonight, John, I was actually talking with Asshole Dan to uh, try to clarify up exactly what this guy was looking for because he seemed to be sort of all over the place. Right. Um, I noticed that the deck list had both. Phyrexian Crusader and Mirren Crusader in it, which I wouldn't recommend. Correct. Because uh, those are two different strategies. Uh, and so I, I just wanted to know how, from him, how uh, was he looking for an aggro deck or a control deck, and how important the night theme was. Um, so what Dan told me was that really the important thing is that it's a white-black deck, Okay. The night theme isn't really important. Ah. Uh, that, that's it where the fun's at, though. But it needs to be more aggro than control. Okay. Uh, and he he talked about the metagame at his local shop was uh, was actually more aggro over control. A lot of uh, sort of red deck or Kadoltha red decks, um, infect decks, um, you know, th- things... Things like that. Uh, there's also some Valakut and some Eldrazi being played. Okay. Um, 
he said no one's playing Cargo or anything like that right now. So okay. So I just wanted us to have that in mind while so putting together the deck aggro, inside. Black white, uh, black white aggro. Yes. Okay. All right. So I will title this deck appropriately Black White Aggro. You know, I've been thinking about a knight's deck that plays all white knights but has black spells but no black knights and calling it racist knights. <laughs> or knights of fury. I don't know. Wasn't there – you're from the south. Wasn't there uh, – uh, I got nothing. No, that was Shadowrun. Never mind. Um, so – Yeah, Shadowrun and Alabama are different. I don't know if <laughs> that. Yes, because um, people are really slightly more educated in Shadowrun. It's true. Okay, so, um, so we were talking black white aggro, and as much as I hate to say it, squadron hawks are perfect for this deck. Why do you hate to say that? Because squadron hawks are getting a lot of play right now, and so I hate being that guy that's like, oh, well, those are good, obviously. So put them in every deck. Well, we've got no problem with using efficient cards. Like we don't have oh, to reinvent the wheel here. Well, that's what it comes down to. Alright, so we'll start off with four Squadron Hawk, and then John Anderson. Um, and then, well, it depends. Do Is it the kind of deck where you want to play Wall of Omens? Hmm. Because, A, it's a defender, so it's a good blocker. B, it gives you cards, and, you know, aggro tends to have issues, you know, gassing out. And C... It gives you a, a defender, so you don't have to worry about holding your other guys back to block. I don't think this is the type of deck that plays Wall of Omens. Okay. Then, do you play um, Stoneforge Mystic? I think that you definitely play Stoneforge Mystic, because you want to get uh, those nice swords. Okay. Which then begs the question of how many swords do you play? Uh, you play... We're going to play three Stoneforge Mystic. Okay. Uh, to get... Uh, we could get uh, one of each sword. Maybe not Sword of Vengeance. Mm-hmm. So... Hmm, what what could be another... Argentum Armor. Well, no. No. You're in black, so you don't really need to blow up permanents. Um... What about, uh, oh, uh, what about that, uh, you know. (laughs) (laughs) What about that thing that that helps? Uh, landfall equipment, adventuring gear. Adventuring gear. Um. Especially because we know we're going to be playing sack lands. True. So, uh, one sort of body and mind, one sort of feast and famine. And an, a one adventuring gear. Yeah. That's good. Alright. Um, I think this is definitely the type of deck that wants to play Abyssal Persecutor. And I'll tell you why. Please tell me why. Not only is he a 6-6 for 4 with Flying and Trample, but being that you're in white, you have an additional way to get rid of him. Because this deck is going to pack Journey to Nowheres. Okay. And you could always Journey your creature. True. 
uh, and it seems like an easier and cheaper solution than some of the black sack outlets. Very true. So, how many abyssal persecutors? Well, you play four, right? Well, I would assume so, yes. Um, then, do we run any mana mirror? No. Okay. Mana mirror just aren't efficient. I think we want to run uh, the uh, Student of Warfare. Yes. Yes, we do. It's a good one drop. The Your key one drops in this type of deck. You're looking at Student of Warfare, uh, Vampire Lacerators. Um... Trying to think of what your other key ones are. Um, Elite Vanguard, possibly? Nah. Two one for one. I mean, we've got... We'll have eight one-drops if we run four students, four vampires. True. Um, um, so, vampires... And- unless... Unless you run Cord Duelists? Unless we want to run Pulse Tracker. Or Steplinks. Mm, I don't really like Steplinks right now. Why not? I think Steplinks is about to get bad. And how so? I feel like you're going to be running into a lot more uh, Black Sun Zenith. And he already said that uh, there's more than a few people running uh, Infect decks in that okay. medic game. Uh, so it would stand to reason that they're running like skin renders and things like that. They're going to completely kill your steplings. Okay. Um, uh, what about? So we're looking at pulse tracker versus vampire lacerator. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I mean, vampire lacerator is a two-two, uh, but he's also losing you a life each turn. Correct. And I don't know if that's the type of thing you want if you're going up against a lot of aggro. Right. Or what do you think of Goldraw's Vampire? That's uh, the one black mana, one one, that if they have ten or less life, it gets plus two, plus one. And it has Intimidate? And has Intimidate. If it's, yes, if they have ten or less life. Uh, I don't know if I like that. Okay. So, Pulse Tracker it is then. I mean, technically we want to be curving out, so we're not really worried about having True. Three, so for, three twos late game. So, for our one drops, we have Pulse Trackers and students. Mm-hmm. Um, our two drops, we got Mystics and Squadron Hawks. Yep. What's in the three slot? Well, that is a question. Well, I'd say a also very good question is, how much removal does this deck have? Uh, it's going to have four journeys. Uh, it's going to have four go for the... Th- yeah, go for the throats. And four doom blades? No, those would be in the sideboard. 
Oh, okay. Because the one thing they go for the throat, especially in this deck, has over Doomblade, is that you can also go for the throat your own Abyssal Persecutor. Correct. Which, Abyssal Persecutor just seems to get a whole lot better now they go for the throats in the format. Like, I mean, I understand people have those sack outlets with, like, uh, things like uh, uh, consuming vapors and stuff. Right. But paying two to do this at instant speed seems really fucking good. Um, How many Divine Offering? Main deck? Yes. None. Really? Main deck? Because nobody plays artifacts. I th- I don't think you can main deck artifact hate. I don't think the metagame's gotten to that point yet. Really? Really. Okay. I mean, I'm all for I'm all for it in the board. I would actually pick revoke existence over it. No, they're both good. Uh, d- different. Exiling, I th- just think is really solid. Yeah. True. True. Um, the three slot. Um, next question: How many dispense justice? Which I know you love that card. None. No dispense um, justice. No. Is this where we differ on white? Where I, I throw down dispense justice constantly, and you hate it. I hate. Dispense justice. I mean, I'm all for it in limited if you're low on removal, but I just don't see a point for it. Okay. Um, three drop, three drop. Think, bitch. <laughs> three drops in white and or black. Do, I'm assuming, looking at, at our, are we going to want single white? Or oh, what, what are we talking about? Mirren Crusader. Okay. Mirren Crusader seems like a solid three drop. Uh, it is double white. That's the only thing to worry about. Yeah, but I mean, our Abyssal Persecutor is double black. Yeah, but that's an Abyssal Persecutor. Well, and I assume we're going to be running more white than black. Okay. Are we running white creature heavy also? Yeah, I assume it is going to be white creature heavy. Okay. Um... I mean, I'm assuming that two black is really all you need to make the deck function. Yeah, that would make even sense. At, even at late game, because then you've got your you've got your controlly removal spells. Right. You also have abyssal persecutor mana. True. Um, and mirror and crusader is good, man, and it's also one of the original cards that the dude had in his deck. True. So at least we're having some stuff. Um, what about Bloodgast? Bloodgast? Yeah. Uh, Bloodgast is very good, especially in this. Uh, and here's... Here. Yeah, and here's what uh, my buddy Dan was talking about uh, when okay. we were talking about it, which I tried to avoid doing this because I wanted us to strictly talk about it on the show. Right. But he made a good point on his thoughts of Bloodgast paired up with Squadron Hawk. Is that if you lay an early Squadron Hawk to fill your hand, you can actually go over and discard your Blood Ghasts. True. I mean, solid tactic there. So, um, yeah, we could do some Blood Ghasts. But to pull off something like that, you'll need four of them, obviously. Yeah. So you have a good, solid chance. 
Alright, I'm looking at 38 cards right now. I'm also looking at 38 cards. Alright, so let's talk lands. Um, well, on the downside, like, granted, we're talking 38 cards, uh, 27 creatures. Yeah. Which is good. Um, and there's still two knights in there. The Student of Warfare and the Marine Crusader. Yeah. Did we want... Well, no. Okay, that one worked. Um... I was going to recommend Honor of the Pure, but we're not in mono-white, so that doesn't matter. Right. Um, did we want Contested War Zones? Yeah. That's going to hurt our mana curve slightly, then. How so? Well, we're already at 38 cards. You add four. Um, well, no, I'm not talking about... I'm not talking about four Contested War Zones. Oh, why not? Uh, I would run two Contested War Zones. And then 20 land? Yeah. 20 land seems a little low for this. Why? It curves out at 4. It does curve out at 4, but you want to at least reliably hit that 4. I think with 20 you will. Uh, possibly. When, when we go to the first break, I will uh, run the math on it and let you know. Alright, let's 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 start out doing this for now. Okay. Contested Warzone... Okay, um, and then we want uh, four Marshlats. Obviously, yeah. And then, uh, do we want any other sack lands? Well, if we put in four of the Marsh Flats, that leaves us 16 actual lands. So, I don't think so. Well, we're running Bloodgasts and Adventuring Gear. Maybe, at most, four more. Alright, so let's say we go uh, two Arid Mesa, two Verdant Catacombs? Yeah, that'll work. Alright, and what about basics? Um, Honestly, looking at our mana symbols, um, we're just about half and half. Um, We're running, you know, actually a little bit heavier on black mana symbols than white mana symbols. So in theory, you should go close to half and half on your. Um, so what, like six and six? Yeah. Well, what do we need more of when we're playing? When you're hoping to get to get land, what color do you need more of, or quicker rather? White. Well, you need double white by turn three, but you also want double black by turn four. True, but we need white for a lot of our early stuff. Squadron Hawk, Stoneforge Mystic, Student of Warfare requires white mana to pump it. True. So, um, yeah, I'd go maybe one or two heavy on the uh, planes. Well, now you're talking like eight and four. Uh, seven, five. Why not just a six and six split? Okay. I like even numbers, John. Okay, we'll go six and six then. And that's the 60 cards. Um, Alright, so what we're going to do, we're going to take a break. Uh, John and I are going to play some games. We're going to come back, we're going to talk sideboarding, and maybe any other tweaks we want to make to the deck. Yep, and um, we'll let you know how it goes.
So we play tested a little bit. Yeah, we're back. Um, over the break, I ran some quick numbers. The um, 20 land, 4 mana by turn 4, well, 4 land by turn 4, you're looking at just over 44%. Uh, which I actually, after playtesting, like, I really didn't like the mana base, so I think you were actually right. Right. 44% is good. Not that much, though. Um, more often than not, you're not going to be hitting your 4 mana. So, want to put two more land in? Um, yeah. Alright, why don't we drop a Bloodgast. Okay. And drop a Mirroring Crusader. And put in one more. Or, no, I say we keep the Bloodgast. Yeah, the Bloodgast is working out pretty well. Um, alright, so we keep a Bloodgast. We'll drop a, uh, let's drop our big, big mana. Uh, let's... Uh, drop one Abyssal Persecutor. Okay. And, and one drop one Mirroring Crusader. Okay. Um, and then go to uh, eight six. Eight, 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 yeah, eight planes. Okay. Okay. Okay, so we're running 22 land? Yep. It's just a little tweak, but it could help. Yeah. I mean, without rerunning the numbers, it's... Increases your chances, obviously. Yeah. So, uh, and I found even if I wasn't trying to cast a bristle persecutor, I wanted more mana. Uh, just to like either I need to sink mana into my student, or uh, maybe like four mana is also what you need to uh, cheat out a sword and equip it that that turn for a swing. Right. So. Uh, I I found that uh, having like I, I found that the deck can actually run pretty efficiently on three mana. Yeah. But if you've got four, you're doing great. So it all runs pretty good. But now let's talk a little bit about sideboarding. Okay. First and foremost, you know what I'm gonna say. That we need revoke existence in the sideboard. Well, no, that that was not what I was going with. Oh. First and okay. foremost, four core firewalkers. Yes. <laughs> uh, just the card that Red Deck hates. True. All right. Uh, now for Revoke. Got to have a place in there for that. Uh, we'll say three Revokes. Yeah, three Revokes good. Um... Leyline of Sanctity. Really? Leyline? Leyline, yes. It's good against everything. And it's good against Jace. Well, we're not worried about Jace. Well, you should be, because you can attack well, I mean, dudes. Or... I've, got, I've got other ideas for what we put in the sideboard for Jace. Well, no. See, Leyline's good against Jace, and good against a lot of other things, too. There, that way you're not just targeting Jace. And that way you don't have to send your dudes in against him, because you can just ignore him at that point. Well, I was thinking Phyrexian Revoker. Good al- good also. Or Vampire Hexmage. Yeah, Vampire Hexmage is, like I said, he's good against, well, Planeswalkers in general. But either of them are good, good choices. I have a soft spot for the ley line because it's good against 
burn, discard. Lane yeah, but how many how many ley lines do you put in the board? Like, how many board spots does ley line take up? Three or four. Ugh. <laughs> I would rather have Phyrexia Revoker, where you've also got that aggro aspect to them as well. True. I mean, they're both good options. I guess it depends on playstyle. I'm going with Revoker. Okay. I'm doing it as a four of. That's a good choice. Basically... If I needed to bring him in, it would be an easy sideboard out of, say, like Bloodgast or Vampire Lacerator to bring him in. True. Um, so that's 11 cards. We Four more. Um, uh, I think two of those four should be Tectonic Edge. Two Tech Edge and two Doomblade. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Do we bring in Doomblade? Yes. Well, because here's, here's my thought. The beautiful thing about Black-White is, like, if we brought in something to replace Go for the Throat, Revoke Existence seems to do the job, if, say, you're facing an artifact deck. True. Um, so then do you go something a little bit more um, widespread, like Day of Judgment? Because nothing says Day of Judgment like having two or three Squadron Hawks in hand. And a Bloodgast in the graveyard. What about two Sun Titans? Also good choices. Sun Titans? Sun, ti- Sun Titan returns everything on our deck except for Abyssal Persecutor. Except for Persecutor and, and Sun Titans. Well, yes. <laughs> um, also good. Um, it depends on what you need more of. I don't know if at that point it's at you know apple star oranges. Do you need? Do you take out the persecutors to put sun titans in? And under what conditions do you want a sun titan in there? Uh, heavy removal decks, maybe. Maybe decks uh, that you expect uh, some day of judgment from their side. True. Well, if they're heavy removal and have day of judgments, how long is your sun titan really going to last? Well, Sun Titans also work very well with uh, when you bring in those tectonic edges. True. So, um, yeah, good. Sun Titan also a good, good choice. Um, especially with the uh, tech edges. Sun Titan is also very good with adventuring gear. True. So yeah, let's go Sun Titan. I'll accept that. All right. So that's a 15-card sideboard. There we go. Thoughts, John um, Anderson? The deck seems, for the most part, solid. It obviously has some kinks that will have to be worked out as, as you play, figure out what works and what doesn't for you. The um, two swords make it very good against green. So if you're playing elves, watch out. Um, yeah, there's really not a whole lot to side in against. Well, I guess what I would side in against elves is actually the uh, Phyrexian Revokers. Yes. Uh, turns off Garrick, turns off Azuri. Um, turns off half of your elves. Turns off uh, Nisa if they're playing Nisa. Right. Um, and it, well, it's Phy- Phyrexian Revoker. Revoker is just you know activated abilities. So it turns off your Lanmar Elves, your Arbor Elves, your... Well, uh, but, it's, but it's, a, 
activated abilities of the named card. Right, so if you felt like it, you could name off all their mana-producing elves. Or whichever one you choose. Yes. So it's like, Elvish Archdruid, mm, they don't get any mana. Um, or if they're playing um, Orin Reef, and you don't feel like tech-edging it. Uh, negative, sir. It's got to be a non-land. Oh, is, it is non-land, you are correct. Yes. So, that's why you tech it. Because I was thinking about Phyrexian Revokers against Ink Moth Nexus, but oh, it's not. Yes. Okay. So, Revoker, good. Obviously, yeah, Core Firewalker destroys red decks. True. And th- those are your should be your two main aggro decks that you'd be playing against are green and red, I would assume. Yeah. And uh, Revoker's good against control, and I actually think the Sun Titan Tectonic Edge package is also very good against control. Right. So I think if you take it this decklist F and M, you're looking at if I had to guess three to one. So you, you could easily go three one at at least an F and M around here with it. Um now this decklist will be posted in the show notes, so if you want to check it out um and play it together, go to ideologyofmadness.com uh and there we will have a decklist uh with links uh, to gather for all the cards so you can check them out, see what they do if you're not familiar with them. And uh, if anyone decides to take this to F&M, let us know how you do. Yeah, by all means. I mean, and if you fall flat on your face, sorry about that, but let us know anyway. Yeah, it would give us a chance to update uh, with uh, with tweaks based on uh, what we're seeing in the field. Right, so, um, yeah, I think it'll be... Uh, I would take this to F&M myself, but unfortunately where I fall short, I'm uh, I'm uh, two Mirren Crusaders, uh, two Student of Warfares, uh, two Abyssal Persecutors, and one Sun Titan short. Yes, I am um, short that, plus um, a couple Frixian Revokers and the Sacklands. Well, Phyrexian Revokers came very easy to me, and I was very pleased to see that it's uh, a 499 card. Yeah, right where it should be. And I got a place out of those very, very quickly. Excellent. So, uh, um, yeah. that's all I got. That's all I have for the night, also. So, yeah. so sleeve it up, uh, take it to FM, and uh, tap it once for John Anderson. Tap it once for me, and have yourselves a good week.